Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Top Story. I'm Dou Hongyu. In this episode, we take a look at the summit between the presidents of China and the United States in San Francisco, which coincides with this year's APEC meetings. Chinese President Xi Jinping and U.S. President Joe Biden have held their first face-to-face meeting in a year in San Francisco and discussed strategic and overarching issues critical to the direction of China-U.S. relations. They also touched on major issues affecting world peace and development. Both sides have described the talks as constructive and productive. The two leaders highlighted the need to promote and strengthen dialogue and cooperation in a number of key areas. They agreed to work together on common interests and manage competition responsibly. Liu Wei reports. President Xi Jinping and his U.S. counterpart Joe Biden met for a summit during Xi's first trip to the United States in six years. It was their first meeting in a year since their last meet on the sidelines of the G20 summit in Bali. In opening remarks, President Xi underscored his long-standing view that cooperation between the world's two largest economies will benefit both their peoples and the rest of the world. President Xi said the world is big enough for the two countries to succeed. My view is consistent, which is that major country competition is not a prevailing trend of current times and cannot solve the problems facing China and the United States or the world at large. Planet Earth is big enough for the two countries to succeed, and one country's success is an opportunity for the other. President Xi made it clear that China does not have a plan to unseat the United States, but the Chinese president said the U.S. should not scheme to suppress and contain China. During their talks, President Xi said that despite differences in culture and social systems, mutual benefit could pave the way for more promising relations. It is an objective fact that China and the United States are different in history, culture, social system, and development path. However, as long as we respect each other, coexist in peace, and pursue win-win cooperation, we will be fully capable of rising above differences and find the right way for the two major countries to get along with each other. I firmly believe in the promising future of the bilateral relationship. The Chinese president proposed building together five pillars for better bilateral ties. First, developing a right perception of each other, so the two countries can coexist in mutual respect and peace. Second, managing disagreements and untoward incidents effectively through calm, frequent communication. Third, advancing mutually beneficial cooperation, not just in traditional areas like trade, but in emerging and urgent issues such as climate change. And artificial intelligence. Fourth, shouldering responsibilities as major countries by stepping up coordination and cooperation on international and regional issues. Fifth, promoting people-to-people exchanges. President Xi Jinping also reaffirmed China's position on the Taiwan question. On trade, he urged the U.S. to take China's concerns seriously and lift its unilateral sanctions on Chinese economic entities. For his part. President Biden said it was important to keep the two countries' competition in check, and called for joint efforts to tackle common challenges. We have to ensure that competition does not veer into conflict, and we also have to manage it responsibly. That competition—that's what the United States wants, and what we intend to do. We also—I also believe that's what the world wants for both of us: candid exchange. 
We also have a responsibility to our people and the work in the world uh, to work together when we see it in our interest to do so. The U.S. president said a stable and developing China serves the interests of the U.S. and the world. President Biden reaffirmed his own five points: the U.S. does not seek a new Cold War or to change the Chinese system; it does not seek to strengthen alliances against China; the U.S. does not support Taiwan independence, and has no intention of conflict with China. The two presidents agreed to promote dialogue and cooperation on emerging issues such as artificial intelligence, and to resume high-level military-to-military communication on the basis of equality and respect. They also agreed to increase passenger flights between the U.S. and China by early next year, and to expand exchanges in various sectors. That was Liu Wei reporting on the meeting between Chinese President Xi Jinping and U.S. President Joe Biden. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi says the China-U.S. summit in San Francisco will help enhance trust and dispel doubt on both sides. He made the remarks when briefing the media in San Francisco after the meeting between the two presidents. The Xi-Biden meeting in San Francisco is an important gathering to enhance trust, dispel doubts. Manage differences and expand China-U.S. cooperation. The meeting also injects certainty and stability into a changing world. San Francisco is not the end; it should be a new beginning. We have always believed that China and the U.S. can and should find the right path to manage relations, which is an inevitable trend of the time. And a widely held expectation of the people. Next year marks the 45th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between the People's Republic of China and the United States. The two sides should wipe the slate clean in San Francisco and forge a new vision to strengthen the foundation of China-U.S. relations. Build a pillar of peaceful coexistence and promote a healthy, stable, and sustainable development of bilateral ties. In San Francisco, President Xi Jinping also attended a reception in his honor with top U.S. executives. In his speech, the Chinese president emphasized the importance of more viable channels of communication in the face of challenges to China-U.S. relations. The future of China-U.S. relations will be created by people. The more difficult times are, the more necessary it is to strengthen our bonds and enhance people-to-people communication. We need more people to stand out and speak for China-U.S. relations. We should build more bridges and pave more roads for interaction. We must not erect barriers or create a chilling effect. At the welcome dinner, President Xi emphasized the two nations are in an era of challenges and change, as well as an era of hope. The president said the world needs China and the U.S. to work together for a better future. He said the world's largest developing country and the largest developed country must handle their relations well. President Xi also announced that China is ready to invite 50,000 young Americans to China on exchange and study programs in the next five years to increase exchanges between the two peoples, especially between the youth. The China-U.S. summit has been closely watched by leaders from APEC member economies and top global decision makers, who have gathered for the annual APEC CEO meeting in San Francisco. 
Xu Xinchen captured a feeling of optimism from the delegates following the summit. The APEC 2023 CEO summit kicked off on Wednesday with discussions over climate change, sustainability, and technology. Chinese President Xi Jinping is in San Francisco for the international event and met with his U.S. counterpart, President Joe Biden. And the APEC attendees are keeping a close watch on exchanges by both presidents. Looking forward to a more meaningful exchange. Uh, without the protectionist policies, without the prejudice, China has emerged and uh, is an important player. And we in the region want uh, this recognition to re- uh, to react and accept China as a great friend and a great ally. And it's, it's not a zero-sum game. I think there's really a great degree of uh, optimism and expectation from the meeting between uh, the leaders of two economic superpowers in this world, I believe. The climate of doing business is is difficult, but having two of the world leaders getting together and uh, setting the path and the right tone for the discussions that will ha- happen at APEC, I think it will be uh, so. The whole event will be watched with a lot of interest. I think President Xi coming here to California, meeting with President Biden. I know they talked about a lot of topics. The most important thing is making sure that we're always in communication. It's very important that the U.S. and Chinese are working together, especially as we think about joint standards on artificial intelligence. And avoiding weaponization of artificial intelligence. During the two leaders' opening remark, President Xi said that、uh, protectionism is weighing on global economy, and the planet Earth is big enough for both countries to succeed. And that echoes back to the APEC CEO summit happening here in San Francisco, creating a resilient and sustainable future for all. That was Xi Jinping reporting. For more on the China-U.S. summit and its future impact, Li Dongning spoke with Joseph Gregory Mahoney, professor of politics at East China Normal University, and Zhao Hai, director of international political studies at the National Institute for Global Strategy. Professor Mahoney, what do you think of uh, U.S. Uh, and China relations,、uh, especially after the messages given out from the summit meeting between the two leaders? What are the biggest obstacles in place between bilateral trade, and can they be removed after the meeting? Well, let's be clear. I think we can see、uh, relations post APEC taking、uh, one of two possible paths.、Uh, one is that、uh, you know the, the dark side, which is the U.S. returns to aggressive talk, policy making, and other behaviors、uh, that we've seen over the past six years,、uh, particularly if the U.S. remains committed. Uh, despite uh, its assurances、uh, to advancing a new Cold War paradigm or something like it, and uh, uh, particularly as the U.S. presidential campaign and upcoming elections in Taiwan、uh, risk further politicization of、uh, China-U.S. relations, on the other uh, hand, uh, this could be, you know, the the threshold for establishing、uh, a new normal.、Uh, and and even if we're moving in, in some strange way towards a Cold War, you know, the United States did have to work. Uh, with uh, the USSR previously to manage、um, uh, big issues and, and global concerns,、um, but I don't think we necessarily have to look at it in such a negative way. Perhaps、uh, Washington has now put in place, for the moment at least,、uh, what it considers to be a sufficient number of assets and restrictions that will help it feel more secure.、Uh, and with these、uh, differences better delineated and managed,、uh, this could create、uh, an opening,、uh, one like we're seeing here at APEC,、uh, for. Focusing on more common、uh, ground, including、uh, areas where the two countries、uh, must work together to solve crises,、uh, but also opening the door to、uh, better trade relations and、uh, cultural exchanges.
Right, and there were already some uh, positive uh, signs being sent out before this meeting. For instance, for the first time, the U.S. sent an official delegation to China International Import Expo CIE in Shanghai earlier this month. They set up an official pavilion to uh, uh, to promote its uh, food and agricultural products. So, Professor Zhao, would you say this is a positive turn, given the strained China-U.S. Ties in recent, uh, especially economic ties in recent years. Well, certainly, because this uh, import expo uh, in China is very important, and the U.S. being part of it, uh, showing the U.S. is more willing to uh, join the Chinese market and expand in the Chinese market. Uh, the good sign is that, uh, of course, the agricultural pro uh, products are welcomed in China. The U.S. produced a large amount of soybeans, uh, corn, and, and beef, and other products that China needs. And China also has a big appetite for those products. In those areas, there's no uh, major conflict, actually, uh, each other accommodating and accepting uh, each other's uh, uh, products and markets. However, the negative side of this is that, actually, there are more products that are needed in China, like high-tech products. Without restrictions, the U.S. companies could more actively participate in the import expo uh, and export more to China. So I think uh, uh, overall this is a good start. However, hopefully next year there will be more technology companies and more you know, other companies um, uh, throughout the, all the spectrum that will come to this expo and increase export of U.S. products to China. We hope to see that indeed. And actually several months ago, a number of U.S. CEOs already met officials in China. So Professor Mahoney, how do you view such interactions? Are, are you seeing more interactions like this happening in the future? I see these interactions as, as being extremely positive and perhaps even more positive than the, the high level official visits uh, that we saw uh, that came after the Bali meeting last year with, uh, with, with, uh, with Lincoln and other cabinet officials coming to Beijing. With the possible exception of Janet Yellen's visit, I think that was very, very positive and, and, and she's promised more to come and, and we should be optimistic about that. But, you know, I think real outcomes are, are driven by, by real policies and real uh, relations and by a real desire to work and advance together. Policymaking itself can be influenced by positive relations. And this is, this is true everywhere, not just in China. Now, China does emphasize people-to-people -people exchange in part because China understands that actually meeting each other and having a clear and mutual understanding is the foundation for working together in productive ways. Uh, when Bill Gates uh, uh, came to Beijing this year, uh, I think he sent a clear signal to others that the door is open, uh, that China welcomes and listens and works cooperatively when possible. Uh, when Tim Cook and Elon Musk came this year, they were uh, reinforcing and, and advancing existing positive relations uh, and more than likely building uh, benefits uh, for their companies. So this is the trend. And I think that uh, everyone who's at this meeting in uh, San Francisco wants to be part of that as well. That was Li Dongning speaking with Joseph Gregory Mahoney, professor of politics in East China Normal University, and Zhao Hai, director of international political studies at the National Institute for Global Strategy, on Wednesday's meeting between the presidents of China and the United States. With that, we end this special edition of The Top Story. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Do Hongyu. Thank you for listening.